Welcome to the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. It is May 21st, 2018, and we're talking Star Wars Last Shot. Check out our sponsor, SkywardFunSupply.com, from Funko Pops to three and three quarter inch figures and all the way to six inch Black Series solo figures. SkywardFunSupply.com is your home for Star Wars toys. My name is Zach Weber, and tonight I'm joined by me, myself, and I. Yes, this is another solo solo book review insert laughter here corny jokes aside just to let everybody know there will our solo review will we're aiming to have that out by monday the 28th but uh zenger's going on vacation that weekend um rob from cinemodities my partner there he's gonna be coming on but we're gonna try to have all these moving pieces together we're gonna try to have our review out the 28th um, if it's not out the 28th, it should be out no later than Tuesday. And for the record, May 31st, that Thursday, there will not be an episode. Or at least there shouldn't be. I have nothing planned at this time. And for the month of June, we will be dealt, much like last Jedi January, we are going to have Solo June. Where we're going to be talking about all different aspects of Solo, discussing it. I would imagine there's going to be reading Rotten Tomatoes reviews, Solo Edition. I, I can almost, considering the fact that the anticipation on that went from like 95 to like 30 in the span of like three hours one day on Rotten Tomatoes, I would imagine that we're going to be doing an episode on that. We already have one guest host, that a new guest host that's going to be brought on to discuss some things for Solo. And once again, Solo Review should be out by Monday, Tuesday absolute latest, and there will not be an episode on May 31st, a week from today, Thursday. Tonight, I am going to be reviewing Star Wars Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older. I, I'm going to get directly into spoilers about this book, but before I do that, um, I'll give up my brief review on the book for those who don't want to be spoiled. Uh, this is not a good Star Wars book. It's not as bad as from a certain point of view, which I think is the bottom of the barrel when it comes to Star Wars books. Uh, this book is... It's 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 basically just a Han and Lando story with some other characters, new new characters sprinkled in. It's it's nothing to get excited about. Usually, when there's a new Star Wars book that comes out right before one of the movies, much like Rogue One and Catalyst, I feel it's almost like a necessity to read it. Much like how a Rogue One and Cat- a Catalyst was, uh, you needed that. That book was like so tied to Rogue One. I feel you could not appreciate Krennic or Galen Erso if you did not read Catalyst. So I figured, okay, I'm going to delve into the last shot well. And I was, I don't want to say I was disappointed because I really had no expectations going into this though. But as I was reading it, I'm like, this feels like a waste of my time. Uh, there, are, there are great Star Wars books and then there are horrible Star Wars books. And I don't think there's a lot of room in between. This is definitely toward the, uh, the horrible side of things. But that is my review in a nutshell. I would not read this. You do not, there's nothing really to be gleaned from this. I can't imagine solo the movie making me think anything different or i'm sorry last shot impressing anything different upon me when i go see solo in a few days so i would avoid reading this there's nothing really important here so with that i am now moving on to spoilers galore um the plot of this basically is you know, the, the book is split over three different time spans we have uh 
Star Wars is so weird to talk about concerning the fact that all these th- when you jump around to Star Wars timeline, so it's like all these things are happening in present tense, even though they're not. Um, the main storyline, which I would say is probably seventy five percent of the, the narrative, is uh, three years after the battle, battle of Endor. The Galactic Civil War is over. Uh, Han is having a hard time being a, a father, a family man. Um, something happens. Lando is attacked on Cloud City. He's back there, and he goes and gets Han because Han did this thing with the did, did a thing with this thing called the Phylanx transmitter. Uh, is the MacGuffin? It's the, it's good old MacGuffin in Star Wars. Um, something with that though, and him and Lando have to track it down and stop it because it's Star Wars. There's always something that has to be tracked down and stopped. And the other parts of the book, which is the, they're really selling this hard, like in the marketing leading up to this book coming out. It's like, you get to meet young Han Solo and young Lando before Solo. Whoa. The young Lando stuff, I think, is like three chapters. Like there is hardly any of it in here. The young Han Solo stuff is, again, very little of it is here. Some of the young Han Solo stuff is fun. I would have actually preferred more of that. Because it's kind of fun, because like, I'm having, because like, now as time goes on, and now I feel poor. All that Aaron Reich really is getting the Hayden Christensen treatment. That poor guy. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a hole deep enough for him to crawl on, crawl, crawl into once the movie comes out and the, the neck beards have their way with him. But no, a lot of that was fun. Like the whole time, was like I'm hearing about Young Han Solo, I had a very clear image of Alden Aaron Reich in my head, and I wanted more of that because if you're going to sit there have a movie about a Young Han Solo coming out. I want to get more into the head of young Han Solo, which is, again, what Rogue One Catalyst did, what uh, the Phasma book did. I want to get inside the heads of these characters. That's what Legends of Luke Skywalker did. You're getting inside the heads of these characters in the newest vantage point we're being given. Basically, in the, the young Lando stuff, there's not much of, much of him there to really glean anything. He's, he's young Lando. He comes across really crude, and there's a port, point at the end of the book with... um. Okay, let me, let me break through the characters first before we get into young Lando. In the main narrative, the one that takes place three years after the Battle of Endor, you have obviously Han, Lando, you have Taka, who's their pilot. We'll get to him in the, we'll get to him in a moment. Or um, I, I, Zenger and I joke on here about assuming someone's gender. There's something about uh, Taka's gender, which I just read right before I started recording this. We'll get into that in a moment. Kasha, uh, Lando's Twi'lek girlfriend which is another thing they're, they're putting social commentary on. I don't know why. And there's Peepa. Peepka? They, they, this is the thing that was another big thing in the marketing before the book came out. It's like, this is, we're having an Ewok splicer. Whoa! And it's like, oh my god. It's, it's like, that's another weird thing. Again, they're putting social commentary on. Those are our main characters for that set, for the, again, the majority of the book. During the uh, Han Solo flashbacks, it's obviously Han, Lando, and Sana Staros, or the one that was Han Solo's wife a couple years ago, and then the comic book, they made that a huge big thing. She plays a pretty, she plays a very large role in the Han Solo flashbacks. And for uh, the flashbacks of Lando, it's him and L337. L337, they're doing a weird thing with that character, which I think, considering I think uh, John Kasdan, the, the screenwriter of, of Solo, he's been tweeting some things about L337, which again, they're going into a weird direction. I don't know what they're trying to do with that, but we'll get into that in a moment anyway. Um, so no, the plot is is that uh, there's this thing called the Phalanx transmitter, and this is the biggest spoiler: is that it's some sort, it's a MacGuffin that lets somebody, if you push a button, it makes all droids deadly, trying to kill people around them. 
That's what Han and Lando have to stop. Um, the bad guy of this is someone named Fryzen Gore. He's a Utapawin. Remember them from Revenge of the Sith? He's a bad guy. Um, in some parts, in, in his whole thing, he's like a mad doctor. He likes cutting up living organic creatures and giving their like arms and limbs to droids. Like it's really like gruesome for like a Star Wars book. Like he, he gets into detail. He's like, he's like, I dissected these Wookie, these Wookie arms and put them on a droid. I'm like that. Like that's gross. I'm like, I don't want that in Star Wars. I'm like, like if you want to go do like, like play Doctor Frankenstein, that's fine though. But like that's just weird. Um, it, it's uncharacteristically Star Wars. I know the EU got into a lot of stuff. Um, that's actually one thing about this book is that the book is like screens EU. Like if you love like the awfulness of the EU and how stupid and dumb that could be at times, uh, maybe you'll love this book. There's a good chance if you love how just weird the EU got for no reason. I'm like, if somebody gave me this book and took the the, the cover off and like, here's a book that was written in 1991, I would have been like, this makes perfect sense. This sounds exactly like something they would have written in 1991, minus all the weird social commentary that has to uh, litter everything nowadays in media. So that's basically what he's a bad guy. He wants. He believes droids have to sit there, uh, like overcome their masters. And the whole time I'm reading is I'm like, if you're trying to brainwash droids to kill their masters, how is that giving droids free will? And it's nice that at some point in the book, like one of the characters, I think maybe Lando brings it up, like saying that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, so at least the author is aware of the fact that like the entire like motivations of the villain are dumb, or at least uh, uh, contradicting each other. Like Sana Staros, she was interesting. Like I want to know more about her because um, she seems like a really fun foil. Because the whole time, it's funny. This book is so like over the top, and again, not over the top. It's like it's it's subtle, but it's there. I guess I guess over the top isn't the correct term. But like there's like, this very like uh, undertones like in the social commentary about things. Like there's one part, and this kind of got. This is like the only time I heard about this. Like, I don't want everybody knows. Like like when a book comes out, like whether it be like Bloodlines. Or um, Thrawn. Like usually, like if you follow Star Wars Twitter, like or you like you're connected into Star Wars social media as a whole. Uh, you'll hear whispers about the books because these books is, these books don't make a big splash. They really don't. Um, they're there for the hardcore fans or those who have nothing better to do with their time. And you usually hear things. And like with this, like this book came out and there was like nobody talked about it. And but the one thing that did get talked about was that, or at least the only thing I saw. I like to think I'm rather plugged into Star Wars social media for the most part. I guess Star Wars Twitter, I guess if that's a thing. There's film Twitter, there's Star Wars Twitter. It was like there's a scene in the book where uh, Han, Lando, and Taka have to go to like this old Imperial prison. And there's like a, a Gungan administrator of the prison. And like, like Han goes up to him and is like, oh, Misa, Misa, like, oh, we're looking for this though. And the Gungan's like, that's not how our people talk. Stop doing stereotypes of our people. And I'm like... I, 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 it's like, and this is where like the the social commentary goes from like an undertone to like just hitting you over the head with it. It's like I get it. We can't assume all Gungans are the same, but like every single piece of Star Wars media that we have with Gungans is the Misa Misa nonsense. It's like you I, again. I get it. Social commentary. You're cool, but no. It's like you can't. And you're like and you're dumping on Han. Why are you dumping on Han? Why would why on earth? Like, from I don't think there's any piece of Star Wars media except for this, where like, at least in the new canon, where Han interacts with Gunkins. Like if Han was like like on a dip, like we had like a previous like short story where like Han was like a or a diplomat to like Naboo, and he did this, and then like after that he's still doing this, and maybe you're building up Han Solo as like a Gungan bigot. 
I don't know, like a bigot to Gungans? Like, maybe, like, at least you build up, though. But, like, and, and this Gungan just, like, lays him out saying, this is not how you treat our people. And, like, I saw people on social media going, yeah, you tell them who's right. And when I first heard, like, I heard about that comment before I got to that part in the book. And I'm like, oh, like, people were, like, cheering that on on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, people are, like, defending the prequels. I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. And then, like, when I read it, I'm like, oh, no. This is social commentary nonsense that we're using. And we're using the Gungans as a way of putting that forward. And I know that's the big thing now in Star Wars is the SJW element of it. And how we, like, there, there's a lot of just, like, pandering going on. Um, with no really uh, substance behind it. I can notice this whole new controversy with Solo, the fact that Lando is supposed to be pansexual, yet those who have seen the film said there's not a trace of that at all in the film. And there is a very large... It's funny, but like I said, right uh, now we'll get into a part of this book that's just uh, with the undertones of the social commentary. We're going to start with this. Uh, before, Like I said, before I, started re- before I started recording this, I did a little bit of research about it. Daniel Jose Older did like an rev- like interview, I think maybe with EW. I don't know, one of those... Uh, fluff uh, publications the character taka taka is the pilot that because lando and han want to be kind of like low-key because they're both heroes of the rebellion they when they're doing this mission they don't want it being like a major thing for the like new republic or like it's like almost like a mission impossible scenario it's like an unsanctioned mission and so they go looking for like a, a freighter pilot very similar to um a new hope where obviously luke and obi-wan go looking for a pilot and they go looking for a pilot, and they come across somebody at one of the bars that's going as Han Solo. So Han Solo's like, oh, I gotta check this out. I wanna see who's impersonating me. And they talk to him, and you see, he's a decent Star Wars pilot, like, in the sense of, like, these books. And so I read enough Star Wars books. There's a ton of just throwaway pilots. Um, and, And he turns out to be, like, a setup by Leia. He actually is a New Republic, like, informant or spy. And, like, he's a decent character. And then I was reading an article... And they, like the the interviewer is asking uh, older like oh I see when you're talking about Taka you didn't use his or her pronouns and I'm like what I'm like where is this coming from and it's like yeah I didn't want him to conform I, I didn't want the character to conform to this the gender binary and I'm like and I, the whole time I'm sitting here because I literally just finished the book like a half an hour ago and I read the article and now I'm recording this and I'm like. I guess they didn't use him or her pronouns, but the thing about it, though, is that the character was trying to impersonate Han Solo, and this is how, I'm not sure about you, maybe I'm a bigot, maybe I'm whatever it is, whatever the correct term for someone is, is that, like, if somebody is trying to impersonate Han Solo in the context of the story, and Han Solo got, or Han Solo and Lando got to someone impersonating Han Solo, and that person turned out to be someone that was neither a man or a woman or didn't conform this thing, like, I would imagine that would be commented on, not like in a derogatory way, just, it'd just be commented on. It's like, wait, you look, like, Han would say, this, this person looks nothing like me. Like, something like that, there's none of that whatsoever. So, like, automatically, I just assume that he's he's a guy, or, like, that's how I did it. I'm like, I'm, I keep saying Taka him, which I guess it's the author's intent, but, like, you, you're throwing these things in there, not that you have to make a point to them, but, like, you have to, like, ex- not explicitly state it, though, but, like, if someone's not a man or a woman or doesn't want to be either one of those things or be whatever it is, it's like you'd think that would just be like, oh, I don't know. I guess it's, it's a weird thing that, like, I didn't think of at all in the book while reading it. And Taka is a major character. I'd say he's probably the third largest character in the book after Han and Lando. Um, it's worth saying Chewie's, like, hardly in this at all. Like, if you like, if you like Chewie stuff, there's barely any Chewie in this. But it kind of feels like that. But anyway, going back to the the Taka thing, it feels like the Lando pansexual comment. Like it just feels like, oh, 
you're just tacking that on there for the sake of just getting SJW like brownie points. Like I said, it, it, it's, it, I always believe that you, I go with the author. The author has creative freedom to do whatever they want, though. But at the same time, though, is that if you want the brownie points for it, you have to at least establish it so I can, I, I'm aware of it. Like if, if I'm only aware of it because the author explicitly states it in an interview, I don't think the author did a good job of setting it up. Anyway, uh, the next thing is L337. I know that I, I have not watched any of the TV spots for Solo, so I think L3 has maybe like two lines in one of the trailers. I think her thing is, who are these guys? And the next one is, um, I'm so glad we took this job. Her entire, she's in the Lando flashbacks exclusively. So in, in, in the uh, three years post-Endor parts, Lando like barely mentions L3. So I don't know if that means something happens to her in the movie or does she just goes off. But her major thing, again, for the very little amount of time she has in the book, her major thing is droid rights. Once again, I, I did not read every EU book. I have not read every book of the new canon. But I do not remember a time in Star Wars where droid rights was like a major focal point to one of the characters. And her entire thing is again, droid. Like she has like, I think like one of the last chapters of the book is like her and Lando are, are going through light speed, doing whatever it is. And she has a, she makes a comment, whatever it was, like they're going through light speed, and she's like, well, they don't realize. Lando doesn't realize. Because light speed isn't just pretty visuals. It's history we're going across. There's eons of information, both past and future. And I'm like, what? I'm like, again, this is where it falls into like the trap of like like the EU garbage, where it just like it tries to get so philosophical just to make itself sound smarter. I'm like, I'm like, fine, do whatever you want though, but don't expect me to like it. And then like at one point though, this is at the very end of the book. Lando's like, what? Like, they do this thing. It's not really. That's the thing about this book that's really weird is that there's not. A lot of things aren't made clear. Like things happen, and you're like, "Wait, what just happened?" You have to go back and reread it, and you're like, "I still don't have a firm grasp of what, what's happening." And it's not because the book is like in trying to be smarter than its audience. I just don't think things are laid out properly or explained properly. Much like the Taka thing, I think it, there's a lot of things that aren't established. Um, toward the end of the book, there's like they kind of wrap everything up really neatly into a nice bow in the last like four chapters of the book, which is weird. It's like because all these things happen. Like at one point, L three is trying to do this thing with Lando and the Millennium Falcon, and it's like oh, blah, 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 blah. and it's like what just happened? And like we do like that's like in the first like half of the book, and we don't go back to them at all until like the last three or four chapters. And Lando's like, so what happened, L three? And she's like, uh, Lando asks like goes, what happened back there, L? And she responds with. We had intercourse. And in my first read this, I literally had, like, I did a double take. Like, I, I, I don't know if that was a thing you can do while you're reading, a double take while you're reading. And then, and then, like, Lando says, Lando's like, what does that mean? A droid intercourse? And, like, what happened in the story was, like, like, L3 is, like, like they, they flew the money in Falcon by, like, this object for, like, two seconds, and that's it. And, like, and that's her response. And this comes, like, again, over half the book later. And he's like, what does that even mean? And she says, that's what you call it when a conversation leads to a planning of a seat, isn't it? And Lando's like, I, I, I guess. I guess that's that's a really nutshell way of describing it. And it's like, and then she, I didn't like, again, like the whole time, then like after that, she has like an internal monologue about like, it's, it's the droids' rights that matter. And I'm going to sit there, prevent this. Because again, and apparently going back to the things that she, in this phalanx transmitter, which is a sentient droid, and, uh, that can sit there transmit a code. Back in this moment where she flew by it for like two seconds, she transmitted some sort of like antivirus into it that would like help them years down the line. 
Um, which, which eventually does. Like, that's where things kind of aren't explained. It's like, oh, because everything just kind of resolves itself. Like, toward the end of the book, like, during, like, the final battle, because every Star Wars piece of media needs a final battle. And it's, like, it's not explained, like, what's going on. Because, like, there's, like, an army of L3s at one point, and it's not explained at all how they got there. And so, again, the last, like, two chapters where it's, like, oh, L3 created an army of herself years down the line. It's, like, okay, apparently L3 did that. And it's never explained except for the last two chapters of the book. But really nice if you explain that as it was going on or right before it happened. No. Um, and so, like, she goes this entire, like, inner monologue about, like, oh, the cut, cut, droids, rights. And then, like, a couple of days ago, I saw on Twitter that John Kasdan, because somebody, because, again, the controversy with the Lando pansexual thing, he tweeted something on, on Twitter, like, in all caps. It's, like, it's for everything. Representation matters in all forms. Uh, gay, straight, this, this, this. Uh, gender, uh, race, this, this, this. It's, like, species, uh, droid rights. I'm like, is this again? And even though I disagree with a lot, I think I've made it clear. I disagree with the philosophy or the argument that Last Jedi is a SJW stomping ground. I really don't see that in the movie at all. There, 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 there. It was Solo. I can see definitely that uh, older definitely talked to John Kasdan. I can't help but get that vibe that like the two of them really did talk to each other. Because there is that element there, or maybe they just think, coincidentally think the same in all these issues, which is definitely not a novel concept. Um, that was just weird, though. There's another part that I read during the uh, the interview with Older from like Entertainment Weekly or whatever, where it's like uh, Lando Lando's like in bed with uh, his girlfriend. Okay, I gotta look up her name now. With Kasha, and it's really weird. Cause, like, like they're in the, like Han is like in the middle of a mission. Where they're on the Imperial prison, and like Lando and Kosh are like laying in bed. I'm guessing it has to be post sex. Like, I, I, again, that's what I mean. Like, like, there's a lot of things in this book that, like, yeah, I know the EU delved into these things, so this is my first time in the new canon, really, like, they're, they're, they're getting into this. And it's like, and like, they're, they're, I, I, again, it has to be post sex. I'm just getting the vibe from it, though. And they're just kind of laying in bed. It's, it's uh, pillow talk. And, like, they're both talking about their future, and he's, like, stroking her head, and, like, part of stroking her head, remember, she's a twee, like, he starts, like, stroking one of her lekus, and she's like, I, the last person that touched one of these got their hand cut off. And he's like, whoa, I don't want to sit there and fringe upon, uh, uh, past my, or I, I want consent first. And it's like, I, I, again, like I said, the book is not, a lot of things aren't explained properly, though, but it's like, if you just had sex, I would imagine... I, I, that wouldn't be a no-go. I, I, I would imagine you've gained permission, but, like, if you're laying in bed having pillow talk post-coitus, that should not be... But, like, it's so... Not over the top, though, but, like, it's slow. Like, I want Star Star Wars is you want action-adventure. You want that, Gee Willikers, guys, we're going on a mission. We're going to save the galaxy. And, like, you have moments like that where it's, like, it just brings everything to a halt. It's just like, oh my god. It's like, I, I get it. If you want to have that social commentary, you can't make it slow down the novel. I have no problem. If you want that, that's your choice as the as the artist, as the author. Do whatever you want. But you can't have it slow down the narrative. And when you have moments like that, that's fine. Like, there's one where um, uh, uh, Pika, Pika, I can't keep saying her name right, she's the, she's the little uh, Ewok splicer. And, like, another thing that's – this was in the marketing leading up to the film, into the – keep saying film, leading into the book. And it's like, you got, you got, this is an Ewok splicer. Don't judge her by her size. And it's like, oh, my – it's like, fine. It's like, everyone – like, the, the idiots that love that sort of thing are going to eat that up. But it's like, oh, because like, they're like, oh, don't – because I think Han makes a comment. They really make Han to a bigot in this. I don't know why Han's the punching bag. 
And Han's like, an Ewok splicer. I've seen it all now. And then, like, the next thing we know, like, because the Ewok, it's like, because the Ewok's, like, outside somebody's office. I forget the character is. And Han assumes the Ewok is, like, a secretary. And so, like, we just need to talk to your boss, buddy. And so, like, Han just, like, barges into this person's, like, office. And something happens where uh, the uh, Pika's, like, expertise in a splicer is, like, demonstrated in front of Han. He's like, whoa, I shouldn't have judged you. I'm like, that, that's fine. It's like you're having the character demonstrate what makes them unique. In a way that advances the story forward. That's exactly, if you're going to do things that are different than preconceived notions, have it introduced into the story, into a way into the story that advances it forward. That's that's how you do it. Not this like heavy-handed social commentary just for the sake of brownie points within that community. And that's, that's something that didn't bother me about it, though. It's just stuff that, like, again, if that's what the author wants to talk about in interviews, it's like, they're they're making that a focal point, so they're forcing us to discuss it. But getting back to the story, though, again, they save the day. Um, it's it's nothing you haven't seen before. Again, it wraps up really quickly. There's really it's just like climax, and then like two chapters, books done. And again, like I said, it's like it's like you gotta learn how to pace yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with this book is that it does like the pacing is all over the place. Um, I know Daniel Older did a, a story for that uh, from a certain point of view, 40th anniversary thing. Um, I, from watching Star Wars Explains video on this, um, I, apparently they connect. I, I don't remember that. Like I said, a lot of those stories in that in that book were dumb, so I deliberately blocked them out of my memory. At the end of the day, though, like I said, the, the young Han Solo stuff, I'd love to see a book on young Han Solo. I think that'd be fun, especially with, like, Sana Star Wars and all the other characters that that Han would have um, met during that time. Oh, Maz Kanata's in the book very briefly. The, the Han Solo flashback stuff all takes place on Takodana for the most part, except for the, the second half of it, really. Brief role Maz has, really nothing uh, super serious. Um, again, Chewie. There was, like, no Chewie in this book. He has, like, practically no role here. He's there, but, like, you do not hear from him at all. Other than the fact that uh, Pika loves him. The Ewok loves him. Like I said, not, not, not a great book. Like, I would definitely put it toward the latter end. Like, some of the, the Lando and Han bickering is definitely fun. Like there's one point where back during like the like uh, Han and Lando go to like this colony of all the people that have been like like droid or like people with like droid limbs and like vice versa, and they want information from the people there, and they have like this like a gamble like a, they play this gambling game where if Han and Lando when they get the information, they both they lose, um, they lose their their arms and legs. Again, gruesome for Star Wars though, but like Lando rigs the game so they win. So like stuff like that's fun. Like it's like like watching them like bicker back and forth. There's absolutely no young Lando and young Han talking. Like I said, it, it's it's a definition of a book. Like again, I usually keep my Star Wars books. I'm probably going to sell this one because I really just I, I I don't ever see a reason for reading it again. Like a lot of times it'd be fun to go back and be like, oh look, now that we have the context of Solo, a Star Wars story, let's kind of look like read the read the flashbacks again and see like how we can even better like. Uh, Put together what young, what Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover are doing. There's not enough of it there. Oh, let's go quick about Young Land, uh, Young Han. I'm really sorry about the stream conscience of this. I don't take notes while I do this. I like just get like I don't like because if I take notes like halfway through, I'm like I'm trying. I, I don't know. I don't like doing that. I like thinking about the thing as a whole. Um, during the Young Han stuff, the whole time, like half of the dialogue of Young Han Solo is he's talking to Chewie and he's like, Chewie, do you think Sana Staros likes me? And Chewie's like, ah! and like says something like, like growls negatively, and like that's like all Han says during those parts of the book. It's like like something will happen where he'll be talking to Sana Staros, and she'll and he'll be like and he'll be like she's totally into me, 
then like something will happen again. They'll be talking, and then he'll t- like go back to Chewie. She's definitely into me, and like that's half of this dialogue. So like again, I, I get Han's supposed to be a womanizer, I guess, but like Sana Staros like ra- like um wrestles him into this thing with the phalanx transmitter. So like he like I don't know like I can I feel like Han's a punching bag into the like, for this for some reason because he, he's a bigot toward Gungans he's a bigot towards Ewoks um he's a womanizer even though he really wasn't the one that's like wrestled into this or wrangled into it um with Sana like, I don't know like I I really feel like Han's like a disservice too and not like, I guess mean, some of the stuff about him being a father is interesting though but we get all that from the Force Awakens that Han does not know how to be a good dad and at the end of the day he wasn't. So at the end of the day, I, I would not read this. It's like you know what? There's, there's like even you don't even need to read a plot summary on Wikipedia about this. There's really nothing to enhance your Star Wars knowledge. Please skip this. It's not as bad as the 40th anniversary thing, but at least that had some things that I feel will be important. Maybe years later, there is nothing important to this, which might be the worst type of Star Wars media. It's it's the EU at its worst. Uh, let that, that's my official recommendation. It's the EU at its worst in that it's just nothing. It's filler. It's like when you go to McDonald's and you're eating like it's just – it's filler. It's, it's, it's an order of french fries. It's not a meal. It's just something to tide you over until your next meal, i.e. solo a Star Wars story. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a SJW podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at KOV Podcast. Check out skywardfunsupply.com for all your solo toy needs. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, and feel f- and please share us with your friends and family. That's how we grow in the podcast. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Rogue Knight, K-N-I-T-E, and on the Cinemodities podcast, where I'll be talking about Gremlins 2. If you like Gremlins 2, check that out. That's a fun episode. I like that episode. Alrighty, folks. Have a good night. Bye-bye.